Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. It's the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, different areas of, uh, of focus um, to find out some of the things that they're doing in their lives that, uh, that hopefully we can translate into ours. We talk to CEOs, we talk to lots of athletes, um, we talk to scientists and just uh, people that are, are really making big moves in their space. And uh, I know we have one of those people today, which um, you know we're, we're going to jump into that in just a second. A couple of quick things. If you're like um, a lot of our guests and also our, ourselves is that uh, it's sometimes trying to find the right um, way to kind of write down our goals and, and journaling and all those fun things as well. And, and uh, uh, I think that we've really found a really good tool for that. Um, it's called Jim Gypsy. And uh, you'll notice that it has, uh, it's filled with tools, filled with space to be able to um, track everything from your own uh, nutrition and strength and skills work and, and your own PRs and all those things for the gym, but also a little bit about why you're doing those things and, and some of the more kind of root cause stuff. And, and uh, um, so uh, I think it's a tool that everyone will be able to enjoy. Um, je- definitely take a look at it uh, on our Instagram. You can find it there if you go into our, uh, our bio um, and you'll see that there's a link through there so check it out uh, again it's jim gypsy and you can find them on the web themselves at jim-gypsy.com so uh so definitely take a look at them uh, while you're there as well uh, you'll see that we have a newsletter that you can sign up for and uh, we have a lot of cool stuff um, whether it's discounts or just inside information or, or some of those things when we have uh, guests coming up that you'll hear about it before anybody else so sign up for that when you're there as well uh, so today's guest so it's renee pickett uh, Uh, She's a a certified AFAA personal trainer. She's a health and fitness speaker. Um, She's been a Spartan World Championship athlete as well. Um, After starting her career in the really high growth industry as a Zumba trainer, um, which we'll hear a little bit about, um, she's also been involved in their Strong Nation program as a master trainer. Um, As a way to kind of also push herself out of her own comfort zone, um, she uh, turned to obstacle racing and has done lots of cool stuff there. Um, She's an active fitness influencer a fitness model and uh, most importantly and and I know we've even talked about this just before the show is she's uh she's a mom as well and and an active mom so busy life uh Renee so just first of all thank you for taking the time out uh, to talk to us today thanks for having me thank you so much I'm excited to be here you know, you've you've got a lot of accomplishments when we kind of go through that as well uh, from a, an athlete standpoint and and some of those things um, but maybe you can walk us through a little bit because I, I know that um, you know you've you've had a bit of a, a a different kind of journey to get here so why don't you work us back a little bit and and uh, you know have you always been an athlete maybe I'll ask first and then if if you have how did you evolve into kind of what you're doing today So yes and no. I mean, growing up, my family was very, very active. Uh, My mom was always pushing me to just stay moving. My mom back in the 80s used to be a modern jazz instructor. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she was always moving. uh, Movement's a part of my life. My family's always stuck us in gymnastics, jazz, tap, ballet, soccer, anything that, you know, could just keep us busy and uh, keep me motivated. I don't know. My family just always kind of pushed us towards, uh, idle time was always frowned upon in my family. Uh, it was just a way for you to get into trouble. So, um, I did gymnastics and jazz tap ballet, and then I kind of just got away from that. Um, and I found soccer, which that was really my passion. Like that was my love. However, just genetics. Um, I was born with dislocated, uh, hips, 
and my knees developed improperly. So I had three knee surgeries all before 17. So that kind of set me back from pursuing my career with soccer. Um, and then, you know, just life got in the way. Uh, we relocated to a small town that back in the, you know, back in, I guess that was like in the nineties. Uh, now that I think about it and it sounds so long ago now, um, <laughs> But I, there was not a female soccer team and it was just crushing because that was like my life's goal was to be on the U.S. women's team. So I just kind of fell in away from that and actually fell into a little bit of trouble, you know, as a teen um, and was homeschooled for a few years, got my life back on track, entered back into public school, really never found my way back to athletics. Um, I got married right out of high school. My husband and I we were super lucky in that aspect. I wouldn't recommend that. 10 out of 10 would say, just follow your own path. <laughs> um, but I actually, you know, found fitness after our second son was born. I just gained weight. And um, and so for me, that was the first time really just being like, wow, I actually have to figure out a way to get this off. I don't feel like myself. And so joined a gym and uh, thanks to my husband. And that really kind of opened up everything for me. I didn't even realize it. I just started going. Um, and one day I got invited to a Zumba class and I was like, what is a Zumba class? <laughs> so I actually went and felt like the biggest fool ever vowed to never return, ne- vowed to never return. I, really? I, I couldn't believe that I let people see me do that, you know? Um, but two weeks later, my pride had healed. And my husband was like, I know you want to go back in there. Just do it. No one's looking at you. Um, and so I actually went back in there and was like, Hey, I remember a few things. And, and then I just, I kind of stuck with that for a while. And that was kind of, in my opinion, like that was my introduction. That wasn't my intro to the fitness industry. And I didn't even realize it got suckered into becoming an instructor. And then that just kind of from there on out, I never left the fitness industry. So, yeah, well, and, and, you know, you've, been an instructor, but you also have have really kind of done a lot of things through that program. How is it? How has that been? I guess knowing that you know you started out as just being a complete complete rookie to the program, and then you are you know you have been one of the leading faces of that movement. So that's kind of cool. Like I, I you know how did that feel? I guess going through that experience. You know, in the beginning, it's always funny because I think no none of us realize the the moments that are actually seem super insignificant they really end up being really big moments in your life you know if you look back and you're like wow if I never would have done that I would never be where I am now um so with Zumba uh I I rocked the Zumba world like I did that really hard for several years um you know, at first it was just like, okay, this, I literally only became a Zumba instructor so that I could get a free membership. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, and as a stay at home mom, you know, my kids are 20 months apart. I have two boys and they were very, very small. And I just was like, okay, this is my way to get out of the house and also get a free gym membership. And, you know, it, it was a win-win and make a little bit of money on the side. And then like my classes just started getting bigger. And then my husband was like, Hey, you should go try to teach another class, this other place. So I did that. And then that class grew. And then, you know, it went to 120 people and back-to-back classes. And then I was teaching 10 classes a week at one time. And, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't know. That's a lot. Definitely not do that now. My, this 37 body could not do that now. Uh, but I, I really loved it. And then, um, in my opinion. So I ended up someone, I get got, I always say I got suckered into it. I got suckered into applying for a position. Uh, I would just choreograph stuff. 
uh, for classes and give it to other instructors. And um, then the, someone was like, hey, we've got a program coming out where you actually can get hired by a corporate office. You can become a choreographer for them. And so I did that. Didn't really, I really didn't think anything would come of it. Um, but then I realized that's kind of where I realized, okay, I really love teaching people. Like I really love not just this, the dance fitness fight. I really like yeah. teaching instructors how to be a better instructor. And um, so that was kind of my intro into being an educator. Yeah. Then I got hired as an educator for them. Uh, I became a Zumba education specialist in, I think, 2011. Um, and that's where I started licensing people to teach the program. Mm -hmm. I did that for several years. I taught classes. I had nine states I was traveling to on the weekends to certify or license people. Um, and then I burnt myself out. Like, honestly, I did not take enough time off for me. I didn't, I was not aware at the time that I should be varying my training to keep a good mind body balance to avoid injuries. So I did it to myself. Um, I burnt myself out with the dance fitness portion. And that's when I kind of discovered high intensity interval training. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, I can build muscle. I can burn fat. It's a high paced workout. It's half the time with more effort um, and became a personal trainer. And that's kind of where I was like, okay, this is where I belong. Like, I like this. And, yeah. and then, yeah, that's kind of where it all opened up for that and became, was asked to come and help create Strong Nation. Yep. Um, and, and then I was like, okay, this is where, this is it. This is where I belong. So yeah. I think that was a big move. Well, and you, I know you did some OCR stuff, which I'm sure that training also kind of helps you from that perspective as well. Is that, is it something you did just kind of a personal decided to do it on the weekends to start or, or how, how did that even come about? Okay. So that one's all my husband. <laughs> um, so my husband are very different. Uh, in the way that we like to work out and so he's a runner like he is a god-given like it's just his thing and the reason I say this is because if you are the kind of person that can say I think I'm gonna go for a run today I really like to run like you're a runner okay I never ever even today I still am not like man I'm in the mood to run <laughs> I run because I need to run um, I enjoy it once I get going but I'm not like oh I think I'll just go hit an easy seven miles you know that's not me yeah so he was a runner and I would always be like, no, you need to do hit training. And he would say, let's just run. So it was kind of like a middle ground for us. Mm -hmm. um, one of my bosses actually was like, you guys should, try I'm doing Spartan. Like you guys should try it. I know you and Brian would love it. It's so fun. It's not just running. It's like exciting obstacles in the middle. So we did that for our anniversary uh, one year together. Yeah. And I was like, this is really fun. Like, okay, this is the only way that I could really run. Um, and then we did another one and I was like, okay, this is, this is really cool. And I loved the mental challenge. So that's one of the things about me. I am the kind of person that just, I, when I get bored with something, I don't give my best. And I think it's really important for all of us to be honest and own up to like who you really are, not to, not to pretend to be like, okay, but I'm going to be this way. Like you need to own who you are and know what kind of pushes you. And yeah. for me, I'm just, that's how I am. So uh, OCR was my way of getting out of my comfort zone, um, pushing myself to things I never thought I could do before. And that's really what made me fall in love with Spartan and obstacle course racing. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that you know, you've talked about being kind of authentic to yourself and I'm assuming because you're, you're a personal trainer, you have people that you have to work with. Is that, 
is that a piece that you have to work on with a lot of those individuals as you as you kind of set up your relationship with them is is that kind of a base for you Absolutely. You know, one of the first questions in a fir- in the very first consultation and in a training session, um, I tell people like, what excites you? Like, what gets you going? Is it, is it like a really fast paced workout? Do you like to take your time? Do you like to not be, have any time to think about it? Um, it's really important to kind of tap into what you like, what you're after. And also even those like, neg- you know, not, I don't really like to use the word negative traits, but the things that kind of tend to hold you back, like once you know where you fall short, that's when you can kind of dial in. Okay, well, maybe you don't always have to change those things, but we can focus more on the stuff that really gets you going so that we can avoid those negative things, you know, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and, um, you know, when, you know, you had mentioned before that you kind of, you, you worked really hard for a while and doing kind of that uh, more of a corporate style job, I guess, would have been at that point um, and get, got a little bit burnt out. Um, you have, you have kids, you have uh, this family life and everything too. What are, what are some of the things you do to help kind of balance that or, or are you, are you better at it now, I guess, than, than you used to be? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would be lying if I said I had it down because I don't, I mean, it's, yep. it's a constant struggle. I, I feel like it's a lot like just juggling, you know, you're just constantly and sometimes you're like, okay, whoa, I need to pull back. I will say I did when I realized that my kids are growing up, my kids are now 15 and my oldest will be 17 in November. So he's 16 yeah. and it is just, I'm like, oh my God, like they're going to be grown. I have very few, like few time alone with them. Once they're out there in the world, you know, they're going to be like me, busy, busy, busy. And I'm going to be begging them to come do stuff with me. So, um, yeah, now it's more of like, okay, there's always going to be time for me to make money. I'm going to have the rest of my days, but I'm not going to have the most time with my kids. And that was also a really big factor in me pulling back, um, you know, as hard as I was working, even, even with Strong Nation as a master trainer, you know, just evaluating 2020 was a really big wake up call for me being in the fitness industry. It was, it was shocking, you know, to realize, wow, you can be deemed non-essential very quickly. And, um, and it's a big, and that's a whole other podcast probably in itself, but I, I really noticed getting to spend that time with them. And so now, now that I'm kind of entering back into some sort of normalcy, we're really not there yet for my, for my career as a master trainer, but it's been a big awakening to balance it all out, to spend the time with the family to make sure we're really connecting and not just seeing each other um, and still being able to be successful. It's still a balancing act, but I would definitely say time and experience has made me dial in more to that. that it's going to, it goes fast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you've mentioned, um, um, you know, things are starting to get back to, you know, a, a little more normalcy anyway, or whatever that happens to be moving ahead. But um, when you set, kind of goals for yourself moving forward? I mean, obviously you've, you've shifted kind of those goals over time. So um, how do you approach setting goals for yourself? But then also, is that the same process you would for some of the people who you're maybe training as well? Because, uh, you know, that's obviously part of your role as a trainer as well. So how, how do you approach yourself and, and is it similar to what you do for others? Um, I would say it's similar. I would say with myself, of course, um, I'm far more brutal and far more you know, gut wrenching on myself. 
Um, because again, there has to be a layer of honesty. And when it comes to achieving goals, you really have to be willing to be honest. And sometimes that honesty is a little scary. You know, um, your goals should always scare you. And I tell my clients that it should make you nervous. It should make you question like, can I really do this? And stepping in to shoot, like you never, there's no growth in something that's easily in reach. That's, that's ability. You yeah. know, growth really lies slightly outside of your current grasp. And um, so, yeah, absolutely. For me, I, I try to find things like what makes me nervous. That's the first thing for me, because I, I don't want to chase something that's easily obtainable. I, I need something that makes me have to work to get better at. Yep. Um, and the same thing for clients, like, what do you really want? Like finding out what you really want, what's going to excite you, what's going to push you, what scares you a little and, and I think those are all components into finding your happiness and also, but at the same time, what kind of differs is you need to know what is, what is your ideal of happiness? Everyone's is a little different. Some people are really motivated by money. Some people are really motivated by attention or by whatever. I'm not a very motivated by money person. Uh, money's okay. I, mean, I know I have to have it. <laughs> so that's a motivator. Sure. But at the same time, like, that's not going to be where my happiness lies. Like my happiness lies in beating myself and disciplining myself. And, you know, that's, that's kind of where I am. And so tapping into what is a client's motivating factor? That's really where, in my opinion, that's where we can really make some ground and help them reach them. Now, what about those people who are probably listening and thinking, you know, Renee, that's that's easy for you. You have no problem being in front of in front of uh, an audience, in front of cameras, whatever it happens to be. Um, maybe first of all, is is that true? Like, are you pretty comfortable in that zone? And and the other part would be, um, what do you say to somebody that you know is maybe a little more um, hesitant that way too? That you know it, it or you know even kind of jumping into things is a little bit harder than than what they perceive from hearing from you uh okay so I would say and the only <laughs> my husband is really the best I hate to divert to him but he's my best friend um so Brian and I I use him for an example because he tends to be a little bit more like cautious of how you know how people you know um I guess perceive him mm-hmm. I am just the kind of person that I have discovered. I would rather, you know, up front, like what you're in for, like the, there, I always tell there's no layers to me. It's always straight to the bottom and either you like it or you don't. And I like that because it's okay for you and I didn't, you know, for anyone to not gel with me or not really like me, but I would rather people just kind of know up front, like, okay, this is how she is. This is where she falls short. This is where and then you have, so therefore there's no pedestal to fall off of. I'm like right there on the ground level. Um, so yes, I would say I am comfortable, but it's just because I don't, I don't fear. Like I know I'll let people down. Like I know that I'm not, I'm going, I'm not perfect. And so I don't try to shoot for that. So I, I would say that's the only reason I'm comfortable um, because I don't have any expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and as far as anyone else, I would say, just be who you are. Like authenticity is the most attractive thing. And it's so scary to believe that. Like, it's one thing to say it and be like, oh yeah, authenticity is so attractive. Like that's what it is. But then it's also, you're also very vulnerable because there are people that won't like your true self. That's okay. Those people aren't meant for you. Those things aren't meant for you. If you have to change who you are to fit into that, it's not for you. It's for somebody else and you're just wasting your time. Um, So it's better for you to just kind of like, 
rock who you are. And then that's where that happiness, that happiness will kind of come and that fulfillment will come. So you'll achieve your goals if you're on your true path. But if you're on somebody else's path, you're really going to have to dial back and walk back and then go another route. You just waste time. That's my opinion anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's good. And and I, I would assume as you've went through this journey with other people, um, you know, have you found a lot of um, inspiration from seeing their progress as well? Like, you know, in that area, but also physically and all of those things, has that been something that, uh, does that drive you, I guess? Absolutely. You know, every time that I'm out on a course, like on the Spartan race is like, when you're out there on that course, for me personally, it is, it's like a, a really personal building time. I, I think so much. I, I process so much. Um, when I'm out there on the course, I think about my students. I think about the people that I train. I think about, I ask the, I mean, you just don't know, Jamie. I ask these people to do the craziest stuff. <laughs> I ask them to do some really hard stuff. Yeah. And, in our workouts and they never give up. I mean, and these are not like pro athletes. These are regular people, like everyday people that are working jobs and moms and dads and brothers and sisters, and they're just normal people and, and getting them to do things that they never done before. And they trust me and they always give their best and they always do it. So for me, I always think about those people. And when I'm out there and I feel like giving up, um, you know, I think about a really good friend of mine. Uh, she has, so many physical limitations and things that could stop her lots of pain and she always pushes through and I think about like I just think about those people and I'm like man I I can't let that person down like they think that I can do this these people are cheering for me and they push every time like I owe it to them to like push myself harder than what I'm capable of so that definitely motivates me a hundred percent yeah and and as you've um as you've went through things, do you have a, uh, can you think of a mentor or somebody that you've really kind of just looked up to in, in being able to get to where you are today? Like, is there somebody that stands out um, personally? You know, I don't know. I mean, I hate to be honest and say, I, I don't really have any one mentor. Yeah. Um, honestly, it sounds so cheesy, but it's true. My kids, um, they really, really motivate me. And, 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 I admire my kids so much. And every time that I feel like giving up or every time I feel like stopping in any aspect of life, you know, not just when in a physical workout or a race or anything like that, yeah. just when life gets really freaking tough. And I feel like I can't do this anymore. Like I am so tired of this. Yeah. Um, I just think about them and I know that my boys, I want them to be, you know, pillars of strength. And I want them to always feel that they're capable to take on any task, no matter what's laid upon them, they can do it. They can shoulder it. That really pushed, they, they motivate me. So if I had to say anyone, it would 100% be my kids, you know, and watching them grow into that now, it really inspires me <laughs> every single day. It really does keep me going. So I would have to say them. Yeah, yeah. no. And that's a great answer. I, I mean, um, you really obviously have some pretty, um, you know, pretty strong resiliency yourself. Um, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, you got married young, you had all those things that, that you went through personally. Um, does, does the resiliency when you're, when you're going through things, does for you, does that come from your experiences? Does it come from something that's just innate in you? Um, where do you think it comes from? Well, um, you know, it's not the prettiest thing to say, but 
I think you like the raw thing. So yeah. we, you know, I've had a really hard childhood, like growing up, I had a really hard life. Um, my family, I mean, just, we could not even really scratch the surface, but I've just been through a lot growing up, um, broken family, um, my family, my mom and I've had to go into hiding before, uh, when I was young, domestic violence in our home, um, lots of just anger issues growing up and, and lots of things, lots of stuff that I had to really work through and heal through. Um, and for me, I feel like early on, I really thought I was the victim in my life, you know, thanks to a lot of circumstances. And then I just realized that, you know, you're, you take your power back when you really own all those bad things, they, they really make you. And the harder we look at life. And for some reason, we, we think that hard workouts, we know hard workouts build us into a stronger person, stronger body, healthier body. But we really, for some reason, don't use that same mentality when it comes to life, you know, laying down on you really hard and, and shouldering all those burdens. But the harder that the person, the harder the things that you go through, they really work to build your spirit stronger, in my opinion. So I really just decided to start leaning into it. And that was really the only way for me to kind of take my power back and also heal myself from a lot of the, the traumas that I kind of went through growing up um, and finding that beauty into it and just try, stop, stop being the victim and just kind of taking back your power and realizing like every bad thing that happens to you isn't really bad. It's really just a tool like that workout in the gym. It, you soul crushing, but you're going to come back through it. If you're going through it, it's yours to climb and you can definitely come through it. You may look like shit when you come through it and you may be like bloody and feel like you're going to die, but you still make it through it. And then after you rest a little bit, you come back stronger. So yeah, that's where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, no. I, and, and it's interesting when um, I think anybody who does either at least um, acknowledge that or, or get to the point where um, they've been successful, almost everybody, when you ask that they they've been able to come to grips with the fact that everybody has stuff it's just your your stuff might look different than somebody else's but um but at some point knowing knowing that that you know people who are successful in different parts of their life they've probably got there for in similar ways you know they've had to deal with things and then they've built the resilience to get through them when they when they get to that point so uh, thank you for sharing that I, I think that's important for a lot of people to know that it's uh um, you know, resiliency is a, a muscle you can build. And a lot of people, you know, um, you know, sometimes don't think of the, the mental performance stuff is, is just as important or sometimes more important. So, um, so thank you for that. Well, and I would also, I would really like to say, I think we should, you know, there needs social media is great. I mean, there's so many great things about it. It can be such a great tool to learn, to be inspired, but at the same time, you know, there has to be a balance. Of course, I try to really be positive on social media, but at the same time, it's really important to normalize trauma, like, because everybody has it yeah. on social media. We're all trying to put our best face forward, myself included, not so much for some of us maybe, but not so much just for like, I want you to think I'm awesome. I want you to think I'm great, but we yeah. need to also normalize the fact that like these kids, especially my kids have really taught me this they look at all these people that they follow on social media. And so when they think that their life is amazing and then they're like, well, why is my life struggle? I'm like, no, 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 no. Everybody has trauma. Everybody yeah. has stuff they're working through. Um, you're, they're just not sharing it. And I think if we would normalize talking about, you know, what we work through and the bad parts, you know, how they build us into a better person, I think it would be easier for all of us to kind of heal together and like, and still grow through it instead of it, pull you back, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Kids nowadays have a completely different uh, thing they have to deal with that way because you do see only the best of what or only what people want to be able to show. And uh, and that's difficult for sure. Um, uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, the one thing that we ask every guest as we go through is is kind of two or three tips for somebody. And, and considering um, your background, we, we kind of thought, um, you know, a lot of people are sometimes hesitant about, um, you know, whether it's uh, following a program, going to a gym, whatever those things, especially the first time. And, and so many people say, I'm, well, I'm not fit, so I can't go or I can't start this. Well, um, so maybe just a, um, a couple of tips you'd have as to, to how to approach that, that problem and um, you know, how, to, how to maybe move forward from that. Well, the first thing is you just need to start. I mean, there is the longer that you procrastinate, you're just losing time and everything that you do counts. That's another thing. Like um, every single small thing that you do really does add up. It sounds so cliche and it sounds like so insignificant, but really everything you do counts. Dragging yourself up off of the couch when you don't feel like it and just walking outside, you know, start small, start realistic too. have a goal. Keep your goals small. It doesn't need to be like, okay, by March the 1st, I'm going to run a marathon. Like that's, that's a, some people will say, well, really, that's a good goal. Okay. But again, go back to the kind of person you are. Are you barely able to motivate yourself to walk outside of your house? You know, then that goal's too big. You need to start with a small obtainable goal is number one. Number two, you need to be willing to get uncomfortable, whatever that means, not just physically, emotionally, you know, Um, my youngest son had to, he had a really big issue with going to the gym because people were going to look at him. And I was like, people are going to look at you and guess what? You're going to look at them too. (laughs) And they're still here. So uh, be willing to get uncomfortable and be ready for that and, and, and really lean into it. Like learn to lean into the discomfort, um, every single aspect of it. And lastly, I would say, try everything, like try everything, try things that you do not even think that you would like. Um, and that you'll surprise yourself. I mean, you never know, like those little small steps, like me walking into a Zumba class. I don't even, te- I don't even teach Zumba anymore. Um, I, I just moved past that in my life. It was a stepping stone, but you never know how significant those tiny little stepping stones can really catapult you many years later, but you'll never find out if you don't step into something and just try everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We asked a, a similar question of uh, if you know any Thoris daughter and, um, and she said something very similar is that so many people um, worry about whether people are going to look at them when they're in the gym. And, and she said, you know, the reality is, is everybody's worried about, you know, themselves and, and you're so self-absorbed that, that most people aren't going to spend any attention on somebody else in the gym or very rarely. So, um, so, you know, if people are trying to, um, you know, want to follow your journey, follow what, um, what you're up to, uh, Renee, what is, uh, what are some of the best ways to do that? Um, well, Instagram is where I'm the most active, honestly. Uh, I pretty much in tune on there. I do have Facebook, but Instagram is where you're going to see the most interaction from me. Um, so I am on there, Renee Pickett Fit Pro, all one word. Um, I do teach virtual classes as well as in-person classes. Um, I offer online personal training and in-person. Yeah. Um, and I'm always there if anybody just needs a good kick in the ass and <laughs> a good a good boost. Just, you know, I'm always there to try to motivate people as best I can. 
Cool. And so what we will do is we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put kind of all of the information about you and, and definitely check out some of the, the videos and everything as well that you have. There's, there's some really cool stuff that, uh, that people can see online and uh, um, you do some really neat boxing stuff sometimes too, which is kind of cool. So in your, in your hit stuff. So, um, and uh, it, you know, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, make sure you do that right now. We have great uh, guests every week, just like Renee. And uh, um, you know, again, I know, I know things are, are busy and we were talking about whether or not uh, a little one might come in or something. Well, not so little, I guess, but um, <laughs> might pop in. So we didn't have that today. So uh, again, thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it, Renee. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. And uh, I really appreciate just, you know, the willingness to chat and thank you. No problem. Okay. And uh, we will talk to everybody else again on Big Idea, Big Moves. All right.